Linux OTC. Welcome to episode nine. We're your hosts. I'm Bill. I'm Norbert. I'm Leo. Really? Already? Yeah. Nine. Wow. I, I thought we Nine. were like four. Nine, and we've made like $2.30 off those silly Ooh. ads. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. I'll send you a check for your whatever that is. I'm That's not right. doing math. That's right. <laughs> Give me my 80 cents. Oh gosh! So we got a couple, couple articles uh, we want to get into, I think, and maybe talk about some of our Nvidia, uh, recent Nvidia woes. Uh, our yeah, don't rope me into this. I buy good hardware. Well, we I say our because Nvidia. I did. I bought good hardware too, and ultimately that's what I ended good. up running. Okay. Um, quotes just simply because are you are you running that Nvidia hardware right now, Bill? Is that in there? No, it's in my oh. hand. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't work mm-hmm. quite that good. They're not wireless. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you that before you bought it. I could have saved you some money. The whole reason I I just I tried to use an Nvidia card like 15 years ago, and it was a nightmare then, and. It was a nightmare. Well, okay, so I put this thing in, and I'm on Mint 21, and it says, oh, you got an NVIDIA card, you know, because Mint's got that that driver manager tool. And it offers, because because the Nuvo driver is installed by default, you'll get, you'll get desktops. And if you just use that, you would get a perfectly usable desktop, but you don't have access to the some of the more uh, the reasons why you would buy an nvidia card so it offers six options for the proprietary binary driver ranging in uh version numbers from like 390 up to 530. yeah the reason for that is that they keep uh, dropping support for all the cards in each version yeah so they just uh, this will just fork the driver and for example there are cars that need the 470 driver because in in 500 i think it was it the the the, the cars themselves the gpus were dropped and uh, you know what would be quite nice if it uh, does it actually tell you which one you should use or does it just tell you it lists all options? six of them and then it gives you like in my case it said 530 was recommended so i installed 530 it went great installed great yeah um, then you hit yeah. the restart button and you got nothing. Five thirty is the the most is the most recent yeah. because of recording this. So I thought, well, okay, that's no doubt like a kernel malignment or something like that. Can I ask and what kernel version this is on? I don't know now because I ended up switching to Arch in order oh, in order okay. to try to get everything you know is up to date as possible so you nuked your entire operating system well because and the system you had a partition video card. Yeah. <laughs> well i wanted to use the stupid thing you know and i uh, and i thought you know well every now and then i like to do a nuke and pave anyway was That's it to I, a different os or just to have fresh everything there there's i there's been some slight irritations for me i mean i'm a long time arch user and i'm quite used to being like right there with the up-to-date stuff and things just I, I i'm not a huge fan of how things work with the whole flat pack and the snap thing I, it's great um but but you, you'd rather chance it with the aur instead huh? well no i i've got very few things from the aur actually working but audacity for example works the way it should uh how do you mean well because you it's if you install the flat pack, you don't have any access to the uh, real-time plugins oh, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that, which I don't use anyway. But that doesn't matter. I if it if it's not working the way it's supposed to work, it just irritates me because that's just... so. Why why not the app image then? So the thing about the app image. Um, You're gonna if, say telemetry, aren't you? Don't you? Dare. N- no, I I don't care about that. In fact, I. <laughs> 
if I know that they're doing it, I, I, I want to give them the information. Yeah, I want yeah, them I to know say. that there's Linux users out there. I, I always, yeah. if I know that there's telemetry somewhere, I'll go and turn it on. The ones that come from the repos don't have it on. I go in and turn it on. Yeah, because man, yeah, me for too. The, for that reason, I need them to know that I use this. Uh, right, because if they don't, this. if they don't think there's anybody using it on Linux, they're not going to support it yeah. for very long, or at least that's you know, presumably. But uh, you've got the up to date version on the default repos on Arch for all this stuff. Um, the only thing I got from Flatpak on Arch is OBS, because. The repo version of OPS does not does not come with the browser plugin that I use to stream the Video Ninja directly into OBS Studio, mm -hmm. so that we've got this nice, nice, neat. This is not a screen capture. This is this is piped directly in from all three streams. That's cool. Um, but, 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 did, did you say that you are using a, a version from the AUR or just the regular? Just the regular one. It's 3.3.1, which... Uh, so on Mint, you were just using the, the deb? In the, I would, the no, I was using the uh, flat pack on Mint. But hold, hold on, let's, let's go back just a minute. Why, why didn't you use the app image after all? Well, okay, so when you change a lot of things, and of course I could be wrong, almost certainly am but when you change things on app image and then you go and get you get the new version of it unless it's got a built-in updating mechanism in the application you've got to like export your settings and every you know all of, all your configuration and then start up the new app image and then import all that just it's just kind of an arcane process are you sure don't the settings just sit in the same directories as with the regular one in dot com uh, dot config right they might yeah i don't know i just wanted to i just wanted to install it from the package manager that comes with the with the distribution uh -huh. i guess i'm just kind of i'm just kind of old-fashioned in that way I like App image it. I, is old fashioned, man. Uh, How it reminds me too much of the .exe things, you know, where you got to go to the internet, find a thing, download it. And yeah, well, it it reminds me of the the Mac paradigm, which has been around for decades. So <laughs> it's it's an old oldie but goodie process too. Yeah. So that's what I did, and just end up going right back to the AMD card. But all that being said, now that I'm on Arch, I've got KDE Plasma running here and Waylon. And I got to tell you, everything is sharper than it was on Mint. And sharper, what does that mean? The, the, the font rendering and things of that nature, uh, you know, the, the GUI elements just have a sharper look to them. Well, yeah, because it doesn't have the, the anti-aliasing all over that. You have to install that yourself on Arch. It, well, I mean, it's it's sharp, it's sharp looking the way it is right now. It's <laughs> I like it like this. You can see the pixels yeah. and you like it that way. I mean, there's some faffing around you got to do with the browsers. You've got a couple different... You've got to do an environment variable for uh, uh, Firefox to get it to play well with Wayland. And then there's a config flag you got to do in chromium or anything chromium based i love that after i installed my operating system i don't actually use my computer what i do after that <laughs> oh well i mean that's the story of an arch user you know you, yeah yeah it is i love it. i'll tell you what you get you get a working desktop with the new arch install thing and it's it's fantastic and it's fast and it's it's great. You get you get everything working, but if you're going to use Wayland, you've got to set some things up that they didn't just set up for you out of the box. But I don't understand the installer at all, um, <sighs> because that's just Endeavor. I don't get it. Uh, I, I, the, I, Arch I, I, the Arch install is way different from Endeavor. Endeavor, I think, uses Calamari's or something yeah, like that. Probably. The yeah. Arch install is just a... You get a list of things that need to be done, and then you go down one at a time, and it shows. It's it's almost so, like Anaconda in that way, where you've got the whole the stuff that needs to be done out in front of you, and you kind of can go it, in any order you want. Is it text based? Yeah. 
So they. So it, what you're telling me is the Arch installer has finally upgraded to 1996. But the way that Slackware does it. If if you ever try it though, you'll see that it's it's comprehensive. The thing I like about it is when like you. Slackware. <laughs> well, you go through, and when you're choosing the type of type of file system you want to go with, it it speaks ButterFS, which is another thing that I was, you know, happy about. And it knows, it asks right. you, do you want to? It, it goes through and asks you all the right questions. It asks you, do you want to use subvolumes? Yeah, okay. Do you want encryption enabled? And it just it chooses Z standard encryption by default, and then it sets up all the your subvolumes for your do, root, don't your you home. Mean, uh, Compression. What did I say? Encryption. Oh yeah. Well, that's that. It does that too. But yeah, compression. Your Z standard compression. That's and actually then, great because not even Anaconda asks you what you want to use. It just uh, defaults to Z standard. Right. But well, for for the installer though, it it still doesn't make any sense to me though. Like if you're running Arch, are are you not electing to do it the hard way? Are you I think, are you not? Electing I am to I'm, make each individual choice the hard way. I am, and I am running Arch right now on Wayland, and uh, because I wanted to try Hyperland, so Hyperland is very much in development. They uh, there are new uh, updates to the repo almost multiple times a day. So Arch uh, actually has a package for it in their own in their main repos now. So I just decided to install that, and I'm waiting for it to land in Fedora at one point. Hmm. So I'm on Arch, and I actually never used Arch uh, and installed it by Arch install. I just I just made my own in install script, post install script, like two years ago, and I keep updating that, and I'm very happy with it. That That's perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've got a script in GitHub that works with... Reflector and Pac-Man Contrib, which is a package that does the it, it gives the Pac-Man the functionality of cleaning the cache and all that stuff, and uh, the script will go through and update the mirrors, and then it updates the uh, package list if it needs, and then runs the updates from Yay, which gets you your updates for from the default repositories as well as the AUR, and then cleans a cache and then looks for any flat pack updates installs those and then tells you that you're done um, I just I just know the name the address of the close to physically the closest uh, mirror for me and uh, yeah. they are yeah they are called quantum mirror in here in Hungary and they host repos for dozens of distributions so if there's a this day for even even uh, less used ones like void for example, so whenever I want to have the, and they are reasonably fast as well. So when I want to, when I want to download, for example, Arch, I just, I don't, I don't start typing Arch Linux into my uh, bar. I just start type, typing quantum and it, uh, one of the uh, suggestions is always the Arch ISO path, for example. So how many mirrors do you have in Hungary then, or close uh, enough to you? These the I they are the only ones that I well I wanted to say that like maybe two that are more notable but the thing is that I find that physical distance isn't really a big factor anymore because oftentimes it will it turns out uh, that servers from neighboring countries like uh, or nearby countries like like Czechia or Slovakia or even Germany which is a little further away are actually pretty fast so I don't really worry about mirrors as much every once and every once in a while when i was using void i just noticed that the official mirror just got very slow then so i just uh, solved it out with the, the the one that i mentioned the quantum mirror and it just it was just fine see yeah i think the 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 old wisdom that the closest mirrors are going to be the fastest ones that might not be yeah. the case that's why i run reflector every time because reflector will just go through now i i do tell it just mirrors in the united states but it would what it does is it goes and finds the five most recently updated mirrors mm -hmm. and then sorts them it checks the speeds it pings them and then sorts them by speed and then rewrites your uh pacman.com or your mirrorless.com yeah. do you know what uh, arch 
based on what does Arch just generate the mirror list by default, because uh, sometimes it ends up uh, including things that are on the other side of the world, for example, from China and Australia. Well, if you add the tac tac, I can't remember what the what the flag is, but you can specify what countries you want to mm. narrow it down to. But if I don't specify anything, does it just? I think it just goes through the entire list. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it'll it'll pick out the five most recently. I mean, like that's another feature flag is tac tac latest, and then whatever yeah. number you put. And I usually just put five because you're not going to use more than that anyway. And it, it, yeah, and presumably you could just go and check the five most recent anywhere in the world, you know. And there is a considerable number of Arch Linux mirrors all over the planet. I had a case once when I upgraded Arch. It was, I think, it was more than a year ago, and I, it was really, it was pretty uh, slow. So I changed my mirrors, and when I tried to, when I ran upgrade again, it tried, it wanted to downgrade a bunch of stuff because the other mirror wasn't as up to date. So that's interesting. Mm. On Fedora, Fedora is interesting because um, that was a point when I always uh, customized my DNF.com with things like uh, closest uh, or closest mirror or fastest mirror equals true, and maximum parallel downloads equals ten and stuff like that. But it turns out by default it has a parallel download set and only to three, and apparently it doesn't make much of a difference if you set it very high. The maximum is twenty, but I'm not sure. I think three is is nice, and uh, I also I wonder if you something... would run the risk of uh, de- or fragmenting your hard drive mm-hmm. by having too many parallel downloads. Yeah. Well, the well for well, the Pac-Man's why got why. Why would that fragment your drive? Because no, you're because downloading several files at the same time. But if, if it knows the size of the file, doesn't it just pre-allocate uh, disk space for each I file? don't know. Depends on the file system, I guess. Yeah, because usually ready. when... Well, I don't know. I guess it depends on what, what you're using, but uh, I'll see that like placeholder download file or whatever, mm. uh, and then that is the thing that grows until the file itself is done downloading, and then... The file names get changed and moved around. And no so, doubt ButterFS probably just does like ZFS and takes it all yeah. into RAM and then writes it all at the same time. Yeah, but also, <laughs> what what would it matter now? Um, fragmentation. I think uh, the vast majority of us, especially now, uh, SSDs are cheap. Um, fragmentation isn't nearly the problem that it was back in the day. Yeah, so, yeah, my, my knowledge is dated, but... Um, what a, no, I like what a guy. That's that's another thing I liked about Mint is once you know that it's there, that you have the ability on Mint to change the. They don't call it mirror, do they? They call it a. Well, they ask you on first run, on yeah, first update. But their their tool to like do it later on is not really that intuitive to me. You got to click on it, and it's not really clear that you're supposed to click there to change the location of the Mint repo as well as the Ubuntu repo. You can change both of those things, and it sorts it by speed, and then you can choose the one that you want to use, which is Which is which always is nice. Evo-wise, always. Yeah. And it's really nice seeing when it uh, runs, it tests all the mirrors, and it they keep, uh, it's like a race. Like a, yeah. Uh, with race cars, they... They they just con- uh, compete for which one's the fastest and the fastest one to get to the top. Uh, with Fedora, it's uh, the other uh, flag that I mentioned. The other option is uh, fastest mirror equals true, but uh, turns out what it does is frequently uh, when I want to run sudo dnf upgrade, it first starts uh, measuring the speeds of various mirrors. So by enabling fastest mirror it can make your upgrade your wait time actually more longer hmm. which is interesting so is that on by sometimes default sometimes it happens uh, no it's not on by default uh, okay. and uh, like uh, i said so these two things that i used to set on for dnf the fastest mirror and maximum parallel downloads i just don't change them because i find that the defaults uh, are better for my case the only thing i change is uh, making yes the default answer uh, for prompts and not no because dnf has no by default. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, but, I prefer that. I I can't. Yeah, no, I don't like old it. And same old with Apt and same with Pac Man yeah. and everything else. Like I'm gonna review this before you do anything. Uh, mm. <laughs> no. I spent more than a year on Fedora on my desktop and my laptop, and the only reason I went back to Arch is to try Hyperland. But uh, the reason I originally mentioned that we could talk about NVIDIA is that I'm thinking about uh, hopping on my desktop. And I actually looked up, uh, Bill, you mentioned your uh, problems with, on, on main with the drivers, and that is based on the latest LTS Jambi, right? Ubuntu Jambi. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked up and that has 5.15 LTS as a kernel, which is a bit... I'm, I'm a bit worried because one thing that I recently learned about is apparently NVIDIA uh they they mostly just test their drivers against the lts kernels and allegedly there have been multiple kernel updates on fedora that broke the nvidia drivers and i was just no. and i was just apparently very lucky <laughs> and missed them because i never really had nvidia break throughout the one year that i've been running it on my system i've been on valent non-valent with nvidia for more than six months and it's it's been fine but the Fedora's biggest uh, strength is also kind of a weakness because it always offers a very uh, the latest possible uh, stable software, which means the latest kernel. So they don't have an LTS uh, kernel packaged. That, that and I is was thinking kind of, uh, yeah. that would that and, would be cool if they would do that. Yeah, um, and I was thinking maybe I should hop to a distro that has the absolute latest of everything, like Fedora, but also packages an LTS kernel. So in order Arch. to yeah, it, yeah, in order to maybe uh, decrease, uh, lower the chances of anything breaking NVIDIA wise. So I installed Arch, but I haven't installed GNOME yet because I'm waiting for them to to move uh, GNOME 44 to stable on Arch. It's in the experimental repo right now. But the thing about Fedora is that everything Wayland wise just on GNOME just works so flawlessly out of the box. Uh, it works great on KDE too. Yeah, uh, I'm interested to see how uh, it's on Arch. But if uh, I, like I said, I already set up Arch with the RTS kernel, I'm just waiting for GNOME so I can install it on top of it. It seems to be the only. You get some minor irritations, but I think it's inherent to the way um, Wayland works. Like on Video Ninja here, uh, under X you could literally share any window that was running you know with the uh, stream um and wayland just won't let you do that that and i think that's a security feature where it will not allow one application to go and look at another one yeah and um i think there are multiple implementations uh in development for individual window sharing under wayland uh, for example, KDE is doing one of uh, one right now that lets you share uh, because you can. I think you can actually share uh, X valent windows because those are in a in a, in a X uh, under running mm -hmm. under an X uh, environment. But KDE is working on a way, or I think they've already uh, published that to share valent native windows. And another thing is that uh, I mentioned Hyperland, which is a, a Sway-like window manager, compositor for Wayland, Debian Roots-based. They forked the the desktop portal that lets you sh uh, screen share under Debian Roots. Uh, so that's XDG desktop portal WLR. The fork is XDG desktop portal Hyperland, which has uh, capabilities for selecting windows or even screen regions and sharing those. I tried it today. It's not perfect, but it, it I man did manage to share a fraction of the screen. I could just couldn't for some reason add more than one to OBS and it's still showing up. Which is interesting so, because I can add multiple uh, whole screens to OBS as inputs and it will show up. So I wonder if there need to be some kind of API access for that or something in order for me to share or if that would just be on the browser level. Uh, well, OBS has been very... Well, I'm not using... This is an OBS. OBS oh. is just... It has to first go through Video Ninja. Like, when that, when you go to that button down there that looks like a TV and you click on that, you can share a screen. Yeah, but, if but you're it's on, running in, in the browser, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, so it should be a case of Firefox uh, and uh, supporting it. And I think Firefox supports it. I can even 
share okay. my I cannot share my screen under Sway on the Discord uh, native app because it's an outdated version of Electron. But yeah, if I run Discord yeah. in but if I run Discord in Firefox, I can just share my screen on Sway, no problem. Which is right. It was one of the big issues with uh, well, even when when GNOME finally supported the screen share on Wayland. Uh, the WR roots compositors were it took it was a bit later for them to get there, but it's working fine, mostly for them. So I guess we're there as far as Whalen goes. Not quite. I, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I got all this stuff running. The only thing about with without what if I don't have what you're talking about, Norbert, yeah. I have to. The only thing I can share is stuff that is running inside of. Uh, the browser that's running Video Ninja, which is yeah. fine, because what I did was I installed a just a simple, well, I say simple, uh, an extension so that I could play locally installed videos on this extension, and then I can use that to, if I wanted to play a video, which I do a lot on 3FT, and that share is just fine. And you even get audio because there's no... If you use an outside app like VLC or anything like that, you you have trouble piping the audio through the stream. But with this, it just works and it looks a lot more seamless. So it's I haven't encountered any deal breaker uh, issues yet as far as the making of the shows and everything. When I remember when I first started on Mintcast, I couldn't even get I couldn't even get OBS to play ball and uh, do the screen captures and all that, which I guess I haven't tried to do a screen capture yet. Uh, well, what were you trying to do? Were you on NVIDIA or something? No. Uh, well, I had that NVIDIA Optimus uh, laptop, but yeah. uh, I don't think it was using the NVIDIA card. I think yeah. I would just had an old version of OBS and I started it up and I tried to capture the, um, cause we were still using discord at the time and I tried to capture that window and it, it just wouldn't work. It just showed up as a black screen. So That's I don't really know. Weird, cause I used to do that all the time. That's, that's how I would do the live streams under Wayland. Oh, no, no, because I, no, I, I was No, that's on, why I'm saying. I had because Wayland. Because I was on Mint, Bill. Right, yeah. Well, I was on Arch <laughs> on that on that laptop. And, oh, boy. And I think I realized right away, kudos to me, I realized right away, I wonder if it's a Wayland thing, so I logged out and logged back into X11, and it worked. The moral so. of the story here is to use Mint, uh, it sounds like, and not NVIDIA. Two, yeah. Two morals. Um, two morals to that well, story. Well, that's, that's uh, I fail. On both of those counts. Oh, I know. <laughs> I fail on one of them. But I've also. That, this been is why the... we're talking about NVIDIA not working. That's exactly why we're talking but about But I'm also this. using NVIDIA on the desktop and I've been running uh, Xorg without Xorg, well, XVLAN sometimes, but I'm running on VLAN for more than six months. Yeah, I made but a you, you have had to fix kernel yeah. and NVIDIA issues way more than I have. Yeah. <laughs> I well, little, I made a silly little <laughs> script that looks at when my looks at when my the, my the root of the file system was created, and looks at today's date, does the subtraction and then li uh, prints the 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 number of days. So I made a silly script that's uh, when I, I run it, it will say like uh, oh, 100 yes. and, 185 days without Xorg. And I, I, <laughs> I, I could maybe add that to my Bash RC so it runs every time. But you, that, you that need to add uh, the. The last time NVIDIA failed for any reason whatsoever. Yeah. Like 30 days since NVIDIA has yeah. crashed. You know, me. actually, it has been over a year since NVIDIA failed for me. Wow. Like Bill, I how said, long has it been for you? <laughs> Five hours. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, let's put right. it this way. it was. A, I was up until one in the morning getting everything set back up and reinstalled and get everything going so with the Norbert in, was right. It was AMD about five hours. cars. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, uh, yeah the, it was bad. The, the reason I looked up what kernel version Mint uses and it's 5.15 is because that is an LTS and allegedly NVIDIA because they obviously have a lot of customers in data centers that use their, their GPUs on Linux so I assume they must have a very they they have incentive to make a good uh, driver but the thing about those data centers is they most likely run the LTS versions of the kernel 
So yeah, why would they need anything else, right? So that means Nvidia probably makes uh, care, makes extra sure to for for the drivers to be stable on the RTS kernels uh, and more stable than the the non NTS kernels. So let me get this straight: Nvidia's focus is where the money is, not on the desktop. Oh, how could they? What, yeah. Which is which is what we are talking about. Yeah. But but knowing huh. this. But no I is, wonder uh, if that has anything to do with how much trouble people have. Open source the drivers, and then we'll take care of it. That's one hundred percent. Yeah, I yeah, agree. You know, that. Yeah, I I gotta wonder if it's ever gonna be backwards compatible though. If if that Bill, that new how much kernel... money does Nvidia make off the desktop? That will answer your question. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, to to the more to the point, you know, in the, the entire reason I wanted I to use that all that, point. well, the, the, <laughs> I I need I feel the need to explain myself. Um, the reason I was trying to make this happen to begin with is because I wanted to offload all this video stuff I was doing onto the GPU, and it turns out that maybe it just it never was worth the faff because I'm looking at my CPU usage right now on OBS, and uh, OBS is using 8.8%, whereas with hardware encoding, it's uh, it's it's around 2%. So the, the gains, I don't know, are just maybe not worth the effort that goes through to, to uh, make sure everything just stays running. Um, cause I so, couldn't even get a boot screen. So did, did every, all kids, did, did we hear this? It wasn't worth the It's bath. not. It, okay. For my use case. Now, if your use case is, is, uh, gaming and things like that. If it's now, strictly yeah. gaming, don't forget, you're probably going to have to fix your OS every now and then. Yeah. But that might be worth the faff if you're, if, if you're prioritizing Linux and you, ha you just happen to have an NVIDIA card. It what might I'm be thinking. worth the faff at that point. But there are very few other applications where NVIDIA is just going to be good. Other than CUDA, I guess, like using, you know, rendering. But that that's that's kind of AMD's Achilles heel, right? If you want to do fast rendering, you got to have the, the CL driver. And mm. if you want to play games, you probably want to use Mesa, which are not compatible with each other and not easily interchangeable. So there is a, there is a bit of an issue there, too. I get that. But, I mean... It's so you need not... two cards. Yeah. Yeah, essentially, yeah, do that. <laughs> Hybrid graphics. Uh, does any of you use Oh, uh, no, that's already wrong. You've already, it yeah, doesn't even work yeah. good in Windows. Come on. Do, do oh, you, you say that, but I've got an Optimus. Laptop? Yeah, I've got an Optimus. i got an, an Omen upstairs. It's got NVIDIA, and it's got a GTX. It's like a five-something, or a six-something GPS. It's a very 600. old card. It's yeah, I think it's a seventh gen i seven, and you install now. I got Arch on that, and then you install Nvidia, and you install Mesa, and then you install this package called Nvidia Prime. Which and then, uh, Nvidia version does it need? I, it's it's Arch, so it's running the latest. I don't have anything holding it back. But but yeah, I want to but I, mean, uh, but know, I wanna the... make a point clear though that that your laptop is old. And this is something that I think people have to come to grips with on Linux. You cannot have the newest of the newest stuff yeah. and be cool. It, it well, Sometimes you can, but it, it, it's, you have to be very selective about what you're buying. And I think that's just what people have to come to grips with. Be careful what you buy if you're planning on maining Linux, because if it's not compatible, it's not compatible. Well, it, if you're you buying brand issues. new, you need to be buying a System76 or a... A Windows uh, license? <laughs> uh, tuxedo. Tux a, yeah, a tuxedo. Yeah. If you're in Europe, tuxedos or yeah. introware. Um, yeah. But here in the States, I think we're kind of... I'm sure there's some, like, esoteric vendors out there Framework! Yeah. <laughs> well, you got you framework. Yeah, okay, so my, my bad. Uh, framework and System76 here in the States. Either one of those two and introware and tuxedo in Europe... Um, and speaking of System76, because they have, I think they have laptops with hybrid graphics. Even if you are not using one of the machines uh, if, and you have hybrid graphics, uh, uh, I think it's interesting to look forward to their their uh, uh, 
newly developed cosmic that is not gnome based i've tried it i actually installed arch and just installed the the cosmic git branch from the aur to try. i i managed to start it nothing really worked i could i could open the menu options on the panel but no wind i no windows opened but i did notice there was a dedicated menu uh, for uh, switching graphic graphic uh, the various modes uh, as uh, as far as hybrid graphics is concerned so they make extra care for to have a good uh, hybrid graphics experience so whenever they release uh, the stable version uh, that should be interesting but i don't have a hybrid graphics or anything but you could give it a try bill when it happens yeah yeah i will because right now it, it just runs flawlessly it'll use the intel until like if I start Steam up and I go to a game and I've and I've looked at NVTOP, which for those who don't know, it's kind of like an HTOP except it it does the GPUs and it does a pretty good job. It's kind of laid out the same way HTOP is, and you can see it enumerates your cards like zero and one in my case, and you can see everything running, every all the desktop stuff running on the Intel card. And then the games, like Steam and all that, you can see are running on the NVIDIA card, and it works. Like I said, you've got to have the on Arch. You have to have the NVIDIA Prime package installed, according to the AUR, in, or in order to make that work. There's other solutions. Um, you got a few more choices if you're using X. Uh, you've got some hard uh, switches you can put in there like Bumblebee or uh, Optimus Manager, which literally just will choose one card or the other to do everything, you know, which I don't know why you would do that, but that's options you have. None of those work on Wayland, though. Uh, but the NVIDIA Prime works perfectly with Wayland, so... You said it was a pretty old. Uh, is this a, it's a laptop, right? Yeah. Are you using the, the latest NVIDIA driver, the 470 or the 390? Well, it's using whatever Arch, the latest thing Arch has got, so I imagine it's the... So that means it supports the latest one. Yeah. So that means it should uh, probably maybe work fine with the, the Cosmic desktop when it comes out. What's... Uh, I, want, I was going to say something about NVIDIA. Hmm. It's great. It, Enough it said. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know the thing about Nvidia. I I remember the, the days when it was uh, just just by an ATI card and it will be all good, and Nvidia was the less trusted one. But wait, that's not today. Well, no, it's kinda... interesting because uh, yeah. well, I'm I'm talking from a Windows user perspective back then because what uh, I what I think about Nvidia today is that their hardware is actually really good. The problem is with the software, yeah. uh, mostly on the Linux side. But as far as the hardware is concerned, it's actually really good. And my most graphics-intensive use case is actually rendering. So I like to have CUDA. That's why I just... I think when the card eventually dies, I will probably get another NVIDIA. Because, because I just... Well, I you just, run Arch all the time, so you don't care about the tinker. Uh, well, Arch, or I I tried to think of distros that uh, package the LTS kernel, rolling distros or semi-rolling distros. And there's Arch, but you know, Arch is a do-it-yourself one. There's Void and Well, you Alpine. say that, but the Arch install thing... That's what I'm saying. How the Arch install thing uh, gives you the choice between the, the regular Linux, the Linux LTS, and the Linux Zen. Yeah. Uh, you can choose but, those you three. Know, the thing about Arch is that you have way, way more chances of breaking it while using it and not not uh, rather than during the installation i feel so like even that's if you overstated. use the the, the arch uh, yeah well if you i think sometimes you have to keep out for the blog posts that has to... installed arch myriad times <laughs> it's over so i've had one problem i mean as far as like problems that you run into along the way as you're using it i think in the last 10 years the only thing i've had happen was what was it two years ago okay the grub thing and that the was the grub less thing than a year and that ago. was it that was it less That's, than a year ago that was all the only problem i've had where i had to get into there and really because you get the obvious things about arch are things like 
AUR packages that don't get updated the same time as their tool change, which come from the... Right, which is a huge which, reason why I don't like the AUR. Yeah. You you have to know that when you install something from the AUR, it's not going to get perhaps updated. But if you, re, if you start that application and it doesn't work, the obvious answer is because it needs to be reinstalled because it has to go and recognize that it's got a, some, something new in the tool chain. I don't know. That, Arc is I very don't know. accessible through things like Endeavor and Arco. So, do you know that? <laughs> yeah, but um, and and I have used those things. I, when I first started with Arch, you didn't have Endeavor, but there was a distro out there, very esoteric distro out there called Bridge, and it was about the time when uh, Manjaro was getting started, and you kind of had this pathway to Arch that I remember talking about back then where you could start with Manjaro and it kind of gets you used to the idea of an AUR and things being more up to date and using Pac-Man and stuff like that. And then you move on to bridge with which what, what bridge was in those days was kind of, uh, kind of a cross between Endeavor and, um, and the, uh, arch, install script where you had a text base it, it was actually in curses based installer um and it but then once it was installed you had a curated sort of experience with the the theming and the uh, uh icons and all that stuff it was it was kind of different it was some sort of graybird theme on xfce with this with this icon theme called awoken which is still out there, but it's it's kind of incomplete by modern standards, and uh, it kind of that that was a little less handholdy, but it got you used even more used to the idea of managing the system a little bit deeper down, and then uh, of course the obvious next step was to take the time to learn how to learn how to try and install arch see that that's that's what i love about arco is that they'll they'll start you off very handholdy and then there there are five steps it's a five-step program to not not just installing arch but to understand what it is that you're doing every step of the way that is the important part that is what i think most people that run arch don't do or don't know and person that is shaking your head at the speaker right now not you because you've been running arch for six years or whatever i i know but the new person that's just getting into it that's like oh arch looks really cool uh yeah learning i never steer anybody isn't... yeah i i never steer no, anybody should. towards arch i <laughs> well because then you i would be doing full-time it support for them no 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 day. don't do that you just tell them no <laughs> i'd have to avoid their phone calls no. from there on out no, I give you them, don't. No, I give you them don't. mint, say, and they just get on with it. We're not talking about Arch on this phone call. What are you, what's, what are you up to, man? What's going on? How, what, how you been? <laughs> yeah. Besides your, don't talk about your laptop. Stop talking about your laptop. What'd you have for dinner? You know, like <laughs> I haven't oh. eaten in three days. I can't get this thing to turn man, on. I guess you better learn how to compile a kernel because I'm hungry too. <laughs> Let's go. I have never compiled a kernel on. I guess people do it on Arch for weird reasons but yeah well i'm, uh, I'm diving into gen 2 soon so um i'm i, I will probably use the the pre-compiled kernels to start yeah. with just to get going or whatever but man the, the whole so the whole point of arch is cobbling it together yourself and understanding what you're doing the whole point of gen 2 is to do the same thing but also get the performance benefits of compiling everything yourself that i, I that's how i see those two things. weigh those compiling benefits which i oh, i argue won't. are they won't. weigh those against the time it takes to run that update you're, oh yeah you're, you're basically gonna more money you're it, gonna it cost me more money for those pseudo emerge because... world and then you're gonna I, go to bed I, for the night <laughs> but i have a gentle gonna... install because i was curious and uh well leo if you can use the pre-compiled kernels if, if they work but gen for some kernel reason, i think it's called yeah uh, yeah, for, for for some reason my touchpad wouldn't work if I just use if I use the pre-compiled kernels. So I had to not yeah, only yeah, because probably didn't have that driver yeah, in there. Yeah, I had to not only compile but to go into the the kernel setup and uh, turn on various things for my touchscreen and touchpad. Yeah, to work. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. I totally understand that's how that's going to be. But that's the point. The point yeah. is to understand. And you're going to write out your F-stab by hand, too. Of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't I do that? That is because, the entire yeah, you're absolutely point right. of That's... doing these distros is to have the ultimate control. And I know that compiling my stuff is not going to give me any real appreciable difference in performance. And it will end up costing me more in the long run because, like money, it will cost me money in the long run because I'll have to use my CPU to compile those things. <laughs> and then the performance benefit I get at the end of that isn't going to be appreciable. So it's going to cost me five extra bucks to I, run Gen 2 for a month because I'm I think this sounds this, this is sounding more and more like a conversation and futility than it is a hey, I, I got a great idea. No, I'm going to go. The, the, <laughs> The thing that I get out of that is is not really performance. It's not really um, any any anything like it's that. It's fun. It, well, yeah, it is. It is fun, and it's a learning experience. I yeah. don't know. I couldn't tell you right now the Ubuntu kernel that I'm running, what kinds of things that Ubuntu has added to it, and that was that was straight from the kernel. What they enabled. What kinds of uh, what kinds of kernel drivers are in there that wouldn't have been in there otherwise. I couldn't tell you that. Well, but after probably... running Gen two, I can. <laughs> Yeah. It probably supports up to five uh, petabytes of RAM because uh, uh, there's there's a there's a, a gentle kernel config video by Mental Outlaw. Well, he just goes through the the options. He's a, he's a, he, he it's a YouTube channel, and uh, for example, one of the things he said uh, he turns off is this uh, support for I think it's level five paging or something, which is only useful if you have like petabytes of RAM. So it's like all yeah. future proofing. And uh, the number of GPUs that you can have is like 64 by Hold default on. in the config. I, I like that you said it's future proofing. I, I get that, but not on a machine, like not on a single machine. We are not going to hit the petabyte yeah. machine. Before. Oh, dude, it'll be on one stick. It'll be on Fully, one stick yeah. soldered yeah. to the motherboard. Yeah, one one laptop, petabyte. Yeah, your laptop in front of you right now yeah. will burst into flames before you can upgrade <laughs> to a petabyte. Yeah. So yeah. having that kernel on that machine, okay, yeah. silly. Future-proofing probably not the right word. It's just a case of having a, a general. Well, it's forward-looking, right? Yeah. yeah. The keyword is general, general yeah. kernel yeah. Where you can, that you can deploy on anything, which is what your distro has in the repos. Right, so, uh, so my kernel will certainly be smaller than the Ubuntu kernel. I, I, I'll be able to say that. Uh, at that if you time. compile it yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I just saw one terabyte in VME, the, uh, the Crucial P3, is $45. Why do I care about storage? I'll just upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm also running a pre-compiled kernel because Fedora Arch... And if I can, I just use that. On Gen yeah. 2, I just decided to go all mad scientist. I have it installed in multi-boot. I just, I don't use it. I install it. I keep tinkering with it. I did a very mad science thing. I wanted to see whether I can compile everything without Xwork support. So I just, in the use flags, I just said minus X, but add Wayland support. Mm. And uh, things uh, did, were willing to compile. Even the the G well, I had I had to disable uh, uh, the Qt use flag because for ex for some reason various things in the GTK and Qt uh, stacks and like GTK three plus GTK plus three, uh, they are not willing to compile without the X flag. Maybe that's because before Wayland was a thing, Gen two Gen two use flags, they just uh, considered the X flag to just mean GUI. So maybe yeah. that's that's yeah. So I did. Is manage, there a Wayland uh, flag? Yeah, there is. So yeah. I did manage to compile everything without X, but with Wayland. If I turned out turned off uh, support for Qt apps completely and didn't have any GTK apps installed other than Waybar and the XG the, uh, user directories, but as as soon as I want to install anything GTK based like uh, Pavu Control or GNOME disks, it complains about uh, it needing the X flag for the GTK stack, which is interesting. But if uh, if I compile Sway without the X flag, it just doesn't build X valence, so I have no X valence support at all. So I can I can't run, for example, a game which just says it couldn't open the X display. But I'm I'm not daily driving Gen two. I just wanted to see if I could do if I could have set up a system without X org, and mm -hmm. apparently it's it's. Uh, 
it's it's more possible than for example six months ago when I or maybe ten months ago when I tried last time. Yeah. Hey, well, you want to get to that article, Bill? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I See, guess we we can touch why, this, Bill. This is this is why I keep saying we don't need to pre-do anything. This this is why it's it we're we're fifty minutes in. And we haven't touched the one thing that we said we were going to talk I about. I have this fear of not at least saying, hey, why don't we touch, we, why don't we have these things. And that's cool. That's, that's to talk that's about because fine. we did that yeah. on Three Fat Truckers and yeah. we ended up with, well, the show was shit, but, you know, we, <laughs> uh, and we got hammered for it too. Uh, so we learned our lessons. So now it's like, you know, nah, let's figure out something to talk about, even if we don't talk about it. Yeah, so, no. I, I, I feel know. like I feel like at least on this show, man, uh, we'll we'll end up on some kind of weird tangent. You know uh, the and... the point, the whole point of the show was about putting together the right personalities that could bounce off of each other, and mm-hmm. I think I can't help but take full credit for that. You know, I I really I think yeah, you know, it's so great being me. I'll give it to you. I give it to you. But no, the the article that Leo is referring to is uh, from Ars Technica, uh, dated the 3rd, uh, written by Andrew Cunningham. It says, uh, Google re- will retire Chrome's HTTPS padlock icon because no one knows what it means. And then it's, it's underscored with uh, Google says only 11% of users understand the precise meaning of but, the lock but, icon. Apparently also, 11% is not enough. But that, no, 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 no. Like, so of those 11%, those, those 11% said, oh yeah, that, that means that I'm on HTTPS and not HTTP. And they might even be able to explain that it's a, it's an encrypted connection. But of those 11%, how many of those know how to actually verify the certificate's authenticity, which is the entire point of that stupid padlock? And when when we changed the padlock to not indicate right. who owned the certificate, it became meaningless. They should have done this, like, what, eight years ago? Because the padlock doesn't mean what it used to mean. Now it's just there saying HTTPS, yes. That is it. That's I it. mean, you can click on it and you can see, like, the very yeah. basic information about the certificate. Right. But, like, but, but every once with, in a while you, came across, you come across a unsecure website with just HTTP. It, it makes sense because it at least, does it, does it even show it in red, I think? It doesn't show through. a padlock there because it it, it shows across it through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but here's the thing, right? Like so, with the advent of Let's Encrypt, spoof sites could get the green padlock. That's what I mean. And there's no one. Well, okay. I, I will. Okay. Let me. Re- there is someone, but very few people that know that the padlock means encryption actually knew how to verify that g00gle.com didn't uh, how to verify that that wasn't just some spoofed let's encrypt something or another very few of that 11% i would say there's, i there's think no though way. when i don't see that padlock though cuz i don't always go we all I, well it. i'm i'm used to seeing it but when i don't see it it does change my uh the way I do things on that site, it changes the way I think about what I'm doing. I'm not going to enter like payment information. I'm not going to give them jack about me if it if it's not showing up on that line. So it it's like it changes my behavior somewhat to see that. So now that yeah. it's not going to be there, am I going to go through the trouble of going through whatever arcane process they put in place to to uh, check it in the settings or whatever or is there going to be a way I can right-click on the middle of the page and then look at some sort of properties and see um, that's not real clear? I just have HTTPS on, turn on, HTTPS always. So whenever I I end up on an HTTP site, it will just say, hey, do you really want to proceed? And I, if I really want to, I just, I just proceed to the site. And that's a but Firefox least, thing. Yeah, I, I think doesn't Chromium also have it? I know that I, Brave, for example. I don't know. I, I, maybe Brave, but I think you might have to get a 
an extension in, in Chrome to do that. Yes, but, you know, because let's encrypt, these cases are less and less, happening less and less often. Are they? Maybe once a week, I end up on an HTTP site. Oh, oh. Yeah, well, and most browsers warn you about that now. They're like, hey, this site is unsecure. Is it? Is well, it we uh, Libre Wolf login. just flat out refuses. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Because they have the same uh, HTTPS, yeah. always on HTTPS man, no, uh, by see, default. The, we, we, we should still maintain both protocols, man. HTTP sites are should be meant for informational only. Yeah. That's it. Like like with, like, think Wikipedia, right? You go there. You're not going to put in, not normally. You're not normally going to Wikipedia to just punch in your login information and do something on the website, right? Change an article or anything like that. You're usually going to read about some fact. Right, that's a perfect use case for HTTP. Not everything needs to be encrypted but, because, but, like, yeah. oh, oh, I want HTTPS, so that my ISP can't. They know that you're going. They know where you're going, regardless of whether or not your information is encrypted. My Please. counter argument is that uh, nowadays with today's computing power, the overhead of adding encryption is so. Oh sure, yeah, I, I got you. Like, why not? You, you, why? Why you, wouldn't you take that up yeah, extra step? You, you know? Yeah, you might as well just add HTTPS to everything, and that's where let's let's encrypt comes sure. into the picture. Right, but, you and know, I get You know that. what we really need? We need to have a super verification and have a blue check mark next to the <laughs> the, the, the padlock. Right. If it's, uh, for, for six dollars a uh, month, you can get a blue check mark. Yeah, but, yeah, but for, for when if that... it's not let's encrypt, but one of the the. Other ones like Google's own or Facebook's own uh, verification. Yeah, but Norbert, what you said that that why shouldn't everything just be HTTPS? That's the entire reason they're getting rid of the padlock. That's it. That's the reason. So, yeah, you're you're on Google's side, and I, you know, I I, I get it. I totally get it. They're gonna replace it with this little toggly looking button or whatever. Firefox has one that already looks like that, so that might be a little confusing if you're going back well, and forth. My Firefox but, shows a padlock right now. Oh yeah, no, uh, to the right of that. I see uh, that yeah, the toggle one. toggled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I always have autoplay off on every website. Like, I go in and turn that off because that is annoying. I can't yeah, stand that's, that. Uh, oh, that yeah, shows yeah. the gen general permissions of the website, which is neat. Right. And and that's so, so when you click on what is now the padlock button but will no longer be the padlock button in the future, it's going to show you the same stuff. And just as many people are going to go in and verify what kind of certificate it is and who actually minted the certificate and, you know, Digicert or whoever, and then verify the authenticity. Like, yeah, six people, me being one of them, right? Like, that's what's going to happen. People that keep up with it will know what that thing means. But so I'm looking, that, I, I'm looking on, uh, I've got Firefox open over here and Chromium over here. And... Yeah. Well, it's what's running Video Ninja. It just works better. It's the only thing I use it for, I promise. But you can click on that padlock on Video Ninja, and it gives you, you click on connection is secure, and then there's certificate is valid at the bottom, and you can literally look at the certificate. Issue mm -hmm. to video.ninja organization. Right, but those are three clicks that people don't do. Yeah. Even people that understand what the padlock is. That's three clicks that they don't do. Why? Why why like why put that information front and center when nobody cares about it? Um It's just clutter in the UI. Okay, so I mean is it is it a huge amount of technical debt to keep that there for the people that do care about it? I mean, are they gonna gain anything by removing that, honestly? Are you they know? gonna lose anything by removing it? I think a lot of people will probably feel that way. Uh, well, uh, at max, 11% of Chrome's user base. But again, where do they as get I that number from? Honestly, you know. Hey, man. 11%. Come on. Okay, okay. Are they, when, are they removing it? You completely? know where that number comes from is go out in the world and then ask. I guarantee it's going to be they less did? than. It's going to be a less than 11%. I'll tell you that. They go. They, did they go down to the French Quarter during Mardi Gras and gather up a hundred people, and then eleven of them said zero percent. Come those, on, those guys are <laughs> those guys are asleep. So I mean, or or are they literally counting the number of people that are clicking on that? Do they have a way of doing that? Of course they yeah. do. <laughs>
Just, well, just Chrome, see, you have this same toggle icon that Firefox for permissions, or or does it not? Yes, yeah, it does. So you click okay. on the padlock, and it's all in one. Instead of having okay. separate buttons like Firefox does, it's so all, yeah. why did, why not just move the 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 information about uh, the encryption under the same menu as the permissions? Maybe I they mean, are, and we're just making a big deal out of nothing. You're you're I I think you're uh, you might not be wrong, Bill. So. Uh, perceptions of the padlock icon in the browser okay. UI. So they, they actually have a study. Um, so it looks like they had 18, 1,800. Uh, yeah, so 1,800 people, 11% of them knew. Okay, so where did you get to 1,800 people? And... Well, you know, okay, we don't have time to go into the actual no. study itself, but it's here. Like the the study is actually here, um, and you can you can actually take a look at it. Yeah, but, we'll uh, we'll link to the to this article in the show notes. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, honestly, I don't use Chrome for a lot anymore. Well, but here's the thing, though. Like they're getting so Chrome is getting rid of it, which means that Chromium. Will get rid of it, which means that if you're if you're using Vivaldi or Brave or every other Chromium clone, which is just Chromium, yeah. uh, then they're going to have to put it back in if they want to keep it. Which I'm so, sure they gladly will. Well, well, I think Vivaldi you, might. I, I think Brave might. Yeah, but Brave, they, they yeah, would, they would probably be in that. But yeah, I can say no, Brave Vivaldi is the same yeah. way, man. Why, why, why would Vivaldi? There are already stuff in their UI full of absolutely everything else. Uh, that padlock's just clutter. I so if if at a brave of Vivaldi, Brave would put it. Vivaldi might put it. I think Vivaldi knows that they've got some technical users. Yeah, but Chrome knows they have technical users, and they're getting rid of it. Yeah, but they got a lot of non-technical. They got. I imagine Chrome's got more non-technical users than anybody else yeah. outside of maybe. I give you that. You know. Just because you get it shoved down your throat every time you go do anything Google, you know, oh, why not? Why not install Chrome? Oh, you know, God. yeah, I hate that. So, but yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on this, or, oh, trust <laughs> or we'll me, notice I will. we'll notice if it's gone. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I have I have an entire um, thing. I, I pay a lot of attention to the browsers. I mean, they're they're an operating system in your operating system. Yeah. Uh, so they're just as they're just as interesting to me as Linux. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely keep an eye on it, and uh, I'll definitely continue enjoying my padlock on Firefox. Yeah. <laughs> I, have I use Firefox for everything. I have a dedicated workspace for Firefox, and I sometimes I even have it full screened, but with the 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 UI set to not auto hide. So it's just like having a, a a task bar for an operating system or a panel for an operating system it just it just it kind of feels like a remote desktop but just yeah. your browser so here's a question for you guys do you run into anything anymore that just works better on a chromium based browser than it does on firefox uh, no. Is that is, is that a thing anymore at I'm, all? I'm here in Video Ninja on Firefox now. So when you turned off uh, that pro thing, um, everything is fantastic. I turned on the pro thing, and that's why right. everything works great. Now. Oh, okay. See, okay. So whatever so you pro fix, audio takes out all of the filters and the and the uh, oh, you've got limitations on bandwidth and all that kind of crap. Got and it. it turns off the auto uh, leveling or the auto. Uh, yeah, that gain. was always killing me the other day. The auto right. gain it, it is is irritating, but it shuts that off and Fantastic. just lets it run wide open. And yeah, so so making that change, not having the browser try yeah. to be smart, um, just made things way better. Right. So, yeah. Well, good. Well, I wouldn't know if it was if anything was better on Chromium because I just don't have a Chromium based browser installed anymore. Good man. I just have well, I mean that them. that says everything you need to know. You haven't needed yeah. to. You you're able to do it all on Firefox. And yeah, at one point, Google Drive was behaving weird. Where sometimes it would downloads wouldn't work on Firefox, but sometimes they would. And now uh, they work. And at this point, I'm not even using it. I moved to yeah. Nextcloud, so I don't know. So what we're saying is we're down to just one argument anymore with people not liking Firefox. That lady gets paid too much. Okay, great. But Firefox is fine. It's great. It's good. I love it. It's amazing. 
I also appreciate uh, the lower RAM usage because uh, my laptop has eight gigabytes of soldered RAM, and yeah. that's weird. I, when yeah, I bought but... it, I didn't I didn't know about that because my previous laptop, which was also a Lenovo, had a swappable RAM. It had yeah. two slots. This one, I, as I learned after I bought it, does not. So until I get a, a new laptop, I very much appreciate both Firefox RAM usage and my yeah. and my and my additional eight gigabytes of swap space. Well, we better get out of here then. Uh, right into the show. Show at linuxotc.org. We got. I proper... need to hear why you hate Firefox because uh, seriously, all I can see is one. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Right into the show. Tell us what kind of browser you're using and why, so that we can we can call you out in public and shame you. <laughs> um, but yeah, show at linuxotc.org or comment directly on the uh, website. There's links to our socials. Um, we're I want to say we're everywhere. We're not everywhere. We're we're on Twitter, um, Mastodon, Mastodon, and I, oh yeah. So we're if you're relying on Twitter, which I don't think anybody is, but if you're relying on Rely. Twitter to let you know. Um, when the episodes release, um, that's going to stop working in Bill, the very near future. Just give me the keys. I will post it. It's not that serious. Post what? The show? The show. Anybody can do that. Well, no, I know. Do, do you, like, you want me to make like a spreadsheet for all of the uh, passwords and everything? I don't know what a red sheet the... is, but... Spreadsheet. Uh, oh, spreadsheet. Spreadsheet. Spread. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a terrible way to do it, but yeah, sure. Or whatever I can do, whatever. <laughs> well, what I mean is, there um, because of you, because would, of the API charge to access Twitter from third-party applications, Jetpack is uh, dropping the support for doing the automatic Twitter uh, posts every time you put a post on your uh, website. So we're not going to have that functionality automatically anymore. And, a, and a person has to do it, and it takes eight seconds. And, oh, the automation. Oh. Well, I mean, I set... The thing is, I set these episodes to release. Like, if I do the editing for this today, I'll set it to release at midnight Sunday night. That way it's sitting in everybody's catchers. Um, oh, yeah, but... On no, Monday morning. At least... I don't know where our audience is, but if the majority of our audience is U.S. based, then them getting a tweet at midnight um, not going to be effective. <laughs> I well, it'd be on their phone when they get up in the morning. Exactly. The, well, the point I'm trying catcher, to make, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the point I'm trying to make is go to Mastodon because I oh. could care less about Twitter, and if I could get just a few more of the platforms that I'm involved with to. <laughs> stop using twitter i would remove it from my phone completely because i'm just i'm no longer a fan of it just put it in a when, browser tab put it in yeah, a browser tab yeah i mean i if i could just get the last of these people to go over to mastodon mastodon's better anyway folks for not hey, just we're getting we're getting quote toots soon so that's cool yeah and... i mean it's a technically better platform too you know so i I don't know. That's my okay, opinion. Ask, ask the the people that run those servers if it's technically better. Or well, <laughs> I just had to upgrade to a petabyte of storage. <laughs> Guess you didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Yep. All right. So yeah, we'll be back in a fortnight. That's two weeks for the Americans. Um, <laughs> until that time, I've been Bill. I've been Norbert, and I just. Uh managed to find my video ninja tab and I also had a little panic thing so I couldn't unmute myself quickly enough but I am Norbert <laughs> I'm that Firefox dude. that didn't take long at all <laughs> yeah e email me yeah explaining it took way longer than, than the actual <laughs> thing you did good Norbert we'll see you folks <laughs>